have to help me up. I'm too little. Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not so favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So, John, yeah, if you could walk around with a T-shirt that had one word that described you just in general, it just what would that what would that one word or one, one word to describe be? everything? Yeah, what would, or wow. what would be the most prominent word that would most pop up? Prominent yeah. word? I maybe fun, just because I I like to have fun and I enjoy spending time with people. Having, I guess, yeah. yeah if I, I had to narrow it down to one word, that's yeah. the word I would want. Oh, yeah. I think mine would be scram. <laughs> Get away from <laughs> me. Leave me alone. <laughs> be the opposite of you. Yeah. You have fun. I just leave me alone. <laughs> well, that's why we work together so yeah. well. <laughs> so I can't wait for this to be over so I can be on my, be on my own again. Yeah. No. no, no. <laughs> well, and of course, the reason we talk about t-shirts that have silly phrases or words is because we're going to talk today about the shirt tails. The shirt tails. Shirt tails. Yeah, the 1980s cartoon from Hanna-Barbera inspired by the cards made by Hallmark. Yeah. Which I don't remember. I remember. I, I do. Oh, I definitely I definitely remembered it. Um I kind of it was kind of a fun go back and visit, revisit this particular yeah show because I remember watching all of them and you know I had I was in on the merchandising. I had mm-hmm. uh, I had my stuffed tiger and Oh really? Yeah. You had Tig. And he he got a he he was one that I, I towed around a lot or a well cared for yes definitely yeah. well was, used tiger he was yeah. a, he was a uh, he was a good gift that's cool. for sure so yeah i just really have no recollection yeah. of it at all <laughs> until i started watching it and then i started to you know remember the visuals but i don't have any right memory of watching this one as a child yeah i i, I don't remember the the details of the cartoon but mm-hmm. as I, I definitely remembered the theme song i sure. remembered like the the basic components of it yes yeah this this the episode to episode uh-huh. components of it like the any of the the hijinks or the sure mysteries or whatever trouble they had to solve was always just kind of yeah whatever yeah. It's, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even now I still feel that way <laughs> like I don't remember them too well but right yeah yeah but the overall feeling is is there so I good yeah it, but. So yeah, this goes back to 1980 when the Hallmark Greeting Card Company debuted a new set of cards that featured animals wearing t-shirts with a word or a phrase that underlined the cuteness of the animals. Like a beaver with a big smile it would have a shirt that says uh, smile. Or you'd have an owl dressed for bedtime that says sweet dreams. Things yeah. like that. Just these woodland creatures, just very yep. fuzzy and cute. And, and it was just them and a shirt with the message on it. And no they, pants. No pants. No pants. Just no, the shirt. No pants. Well, the owl I referred to, I think, had a. It was a sleeping gown. So, oh, and sure. Sleeping, so pajamas. And and then yeah. the sleeping cap and, uh-huh. and a candle, but like, things like that. So yeah. they'd be in different outfits, but it, whatever it was, it was a one or one word or two words on their shirt. And primary colors. Yeah. And, kind yeah. of pushing that message across, and they were extremely well received, and the cards were extremely popular. But I mean. Personally, I don't know how popularity is driven by greeting cards, yeah. like how you know what something's really popular, but in, in the world, like how you make that measurement, but right. they were they were Hallmark's bestseller, oh, and cool. I guess is the way to put it, and this, the company decided that they wanted to translate that into something more lucrative, 
Yeah. And of course, well, why 19- wouldn't you? And we've we've hit 1980 when, as we've talked about before, basically Saturday morning was the equivalent of the Wild West. Yeah. So anything goes. There was no regulations, no regulations. in place right now. It was like if you want to hawk something, you hawk it through a cartoon right. and. Good luck to have you. at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they cranked out cartoons. In this case, Hallmark reached out to Hanna-Barbera and asked them to create a new cartoon that created five animals from their line and see what they could do. And Hanna-Barbera sat down and said, sure, we could do that. And the basic premise of the, sto- of the story is these five animals, a raccoon, a panda, a tiger, a, an orangutan, and a mole all live in an oak tree in a city park and they work as an undercover team of heroes that thwart crime at the behest of the commissioner. And it's all under the unwatchful eye of the park superintendent. Yeah. So yeah, the team consisted of, as I said, the raccoon named Rick, who yeah. is kind of the de facto. <laughs> what else would you call the raccoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're kind of, <laughs> especially with the way that they named them, you know, it's right. always the, the the first name first name well I guess they you know digger digger mole did but, but it's different that's what you would call a mole is yeah, digger but yeah so Rick the raccoon is the de facto leader and he loves music um, Tig's like the fitness weightlifting tiger Pammy is a panda who has no real characteristics other than that she's the lone female when the yeah. series starts and Digger is the shy unassuming mole and then there's Bogey an orangutan with a penchant for bananas and Humphrey Bogart imitations. Yeah. Um, they would receive trouble alerts, as I said, from the commissioner, and they would head out in their S S uh, their STSST, which was the Super Tails or the Shirt Tails supersonic transport, and they would save the day. Um, while the city was definitely aware of the Shirt Tails, so everybody knew who the Shirt Tails were, yeah. they had no idea it was just these five little furry animals. That right. Were there. So it was just like, oh, they're out there, great. And sure. then, yeah, they're just taking yeah. care of everybody. And they're in a big city, right? Yeah. There's like skyscrapers in the background. And yeah. It seems like Central Park. Yeah, it's a very, it's, it seems like a, yeah, it's, it's a small you don't really little... get a sp- scope of how big the park is, but it's just, no, but it's tree. like right in the middle of the city. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a part, it's a, they live in an oak tree in the middle of this park in the middle of the city. Yeah. And, and they, when I mean, they come out, they come out in different locations, kind of like they're coming out of the Batcave, but yeah. they come out under a, sh- a statue yeah. or sometimes under the commissioner's house or, you know, anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's the same place twice. Yeah, it's always something different. Clearly, they have a series of tunnels. Yes. There's a large <laughs> network of uh, of uh, highways or underground uh, tunnels. Yeah. Well, when you've got a mole through. on your team, yeah. you know, named Digger. <laughs> <laughs> Though they do make it clear that Digger is not a very uh, apt uh, digger. He He's afraid of the dark. And he ends up in the wrong place more often than not. <laughs> right. but he's not accurate with his digging, but no. yeah, whatever. Um so, and then to stay consistent with the greeting cards, each animal wore a shirt, or in the case of Digger, a sweater, and they displayed words or punctuation that matched the the reactions that the animals had to situations. So, if they yeah. were something exciting, like, yay, or... Right. Or if they were sleeping, it was the, yeah. you know, the snore sound. Or, or yikes, yikes. Or if yeah. they or... I Help. Think, I think my favorite was when they come across a bad guy, Rick's t-shirt says, batty. <laughs> That's the shirt I want. Can I change my mind? (laughs) I want the shirt that says batty. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's not high literature, but yeah. it's just yeah, and, and you know half the time they're. But you get the point. Yeah, or the, or it's multiple animals, their, their shirts will combine to say a message like you know short yeah. tails or something like. Or each that. one has congratulations, a or right? Something. Yeah, and it would just be yeah. the longer words that don't necessarily fit very well on that <laughs> shirt. Um, but so with through that whole idea, shirt tails debuted on NBC on September eighteenth, nineteen eighty two, through a thirteen episode season. And each episode contained two short segments to fill the half-hour slot, and it was successful enough to warrant a second season of an additional 10 episodes. So 1983, um, it launches, but they make some changes. And yeah. they kind of tweak the format a little bit. It's still two two segments, but it's, um, you know, where they go, they, the commissioner's gone now. He's, mm-hmm. They're not really... They're more like superheroes on their own now. Yeah, there's not there's not a trouble. They kind of just travel around and they find find the trouble. Find the trouble, yeah. and mostly when they're traveling around the world in their yeah. STSST, mm-hmm. and it, it's a little bit different. Shirt I mean, tail supersonic transport. Yeah, <laughs> <They're> practiced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they introduce. Uh, they have a new introduction, mm-hmm. so they actually put lyrics to the intro. And, yeah. And then they introduce a new character, Kip the Kangaroo, who was brought in to be, you know, younger and maybe a more energetic member of yeah, the team. Yeah, a little cuter, almost like a baby version of an animal. Yeah, yeah. kind of like the small, the smaller animal. And yep. Apparently the, the original five were not cute enough. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so interestingly enough in that one, so I don't know how much you noticed, Rick went from basically being the leader in yeah. season one to season he got, two. He was relegated. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's barely there. Yeah. There's segments where he's, you know, he's just kind of a background player or he's not even in, in an episode altogether. He's yeah. just gone. Or right. you might see him like in the background and then they go off and he's not anywhere around them and they get back to the, the, the tree and there he is again. And yeah. he like has one line and then he's, you know, it's over. And there's one episode where he's voiced by a different actor. Yeah, I think it yeah. actually, one where I think it was the, the actor who voiced Tig actually filled in for him. On, yeah, on one so I wonder if there were some personnel issues that they decided to write him out or he wasn't as available as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but something happened there with, with that because he was the leader and then now next season he's just like... Yeah, I mean, he's... Persona non grata. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. <laughs> You're not moving the merchandise, Rick. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if this was Transformers, we'd just kill you. Yeah. <laughs> we'd make a movie, wipe you out, yeah. and then bring make it him, home. Yeah. Make him run across the street and get, bang, get hit by a car. <laughs> That's the end of Rick. <laughs> yeah, so Rick is no longer the leader, obviously. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a cross... Between uh, Tig and Pammy, at various depending on what the episode is, what's yeah. going on, they're either kind of leading it, and then uh, then they introduce the the last thing they did is they introduced the concept of shirt tail time, mm-hmm. which basically Ty would yell, "It's shirt tail time, gang!" and their shirts all turn the same shade of red and they glow briefly, and that's about it. Yeah, that's like their superpower. Yeah, nothing. Ha- it doesn't make them stronger or faster or anything like that. They're it just glow. Yeah, they're just they all just have a red shirt now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's 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 kind of it. But uh, of course, actually, while this is going on, I should mention the amount of merchandising that was going on. I mean, Hallmark was taking full advantage of the popularity. Yeah. They were cranking eyes and plush toys, obviously, which I had. Yeah, they had um, 
puzzles. They had a board game. They had, I think they put out some like those records where you like read the story along with the record. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, I would imagine there were coloring books and all coloring that kind books. Of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Short books, stories. Viewmaster. Discs, oh, yeah. All remember that? that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is anything you can think of, they were they were putting these characters on these these five. Mm-hmm. And actually, eventually they put Kip later. But those the, 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 the original five especially were all over the place. Yeah. And so they saturated the market. And, of course, by the end of season two, uh, the popularity of the line overall was diminished. Um, whether it's the cartoon or the greeting card variety, it was all, okay, it's run its course. Sure. And, um, yeah, that's kind of like it's, it's waned and it's moved on. And yep. The world's, the world's <laughs> looked down to f- found something else more, sure. you know, like Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. <laughs> uh, um, so, so NBC was done with it. CBS actually would obtain the rights. And so in 1984, they would put it in their season to fill in for a show called The Biscuits, which had Mm -hmm. run the previous year. They announced that The Biscuits would be airing, but then they ran The Shirt Tales for the better part of that season until uh, through March 23rd, 1985. And then after that, so The Biscuits were back on again, Mm -hmm. which is a show about these little puppies and whatever. We're not talking about that anyway. But (laughs) but that was, you know, The Shirt Tales. They had one last hurrah. Yeah. Their two seasons, the third season was just basically... All rerun. They just kind of mixed up the episodes and threw them out there whenever, and then yeah, that was it. That was the end of it. And then I think they came back on the Cartoon Network and Boomerang, or mm-hmm. and I think the USA yeah. Cartoon Express at a short period. But that was it. And there's DVDs for people like you to purchase. Yes, yes, <laughs> there are. There are. Yeah, there's not much out there, but yeah, there is the yep. DVD set out there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's not a lot of history to this. This is pretty much this that's kind of it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty straightforward. Yeah. Well, I. I thought it was interesting when I was doing my research and watching it, how much they borrowed from other Hanna-Barbera characters or properties, you know. So it it was this gang that solved mysteries, (laughs) right? Just like (laughs) Scooby-Doo. And the Hair Bear Bunch influence of a group of animals that live in a nondescript cave or tree. But once you're in there, it's a technopalooza, you know, they got all this technology and all this cool stuff and they're always trying to outsmart the park custodian or zookeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a lot of similarities to those, but it didn't feel like they were completely ripping it off or no, completely it, it, copying it. It yeah. really stands alone, but you can tell they it was influenced by those two shows in particular. Well, I agree. It, it, it definitely feels unique and feels like its own thing, especially among its time because... There's other shows that were airing right about the same time, like the Get Along Gang, which was like you know animals who lived in a clubhouse and sure they had misadventures, and then you had um, the Snorks, you had the Smurfs, other similar things. Of course, this was, yeah, yeah, it's but different enough to kind of stand out. But yeah, this one it was unique enough. But you know, there's a lot of those same standard cartoon sure. elements with like. Mr. Dinkle, the kind of the superintendent who's telling them what to do, clean the park, but he's kind of oblivious to everything. He's right. Kind of like a, a bit of like a Mr. Peevely, like yeah. we talked about. I love how he's, yeah, Mr. Peevely is just kind of there in spirit, you know, in the show, because he's really concerned about keeping the park clean, but he's not concerned about the fact that there's a panda living in his park. <laughs> well, well, yeah, Mr. Dinkley, I mean, he clearly likes these animals. Yeah. And he's, he's like, oh, these cute little animals, but he's he kind of feels like he's like it's like a burden to him to have them you're yeah. like he's got to he's oh you got to got to go clean it's like a military operation to make sure they clean and clean yeah. and clean and then he never yeah and then he goes and he lives in the park yeah he's in got a little, his, like log cabin yeah he's got a little log cabin he just lives there yeah um, watches football 
Yeah, and, or whatever. Yeah, he just watch just watches different things, and yeah. then he. Uh, he's, he's an interesting character. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we need somebody to kind of be responsible. So here, we'll make a park commissioner or park custodian or whatever. And yeah. he'll be the he'll be the straight man. Yeah, you know, on when, this whole. And they, and they always every after every one of their adventures where they they solve whatever the trouble warning is, they go and they go out and solve it. And he's like, oh, those shirt tails really are great for this city. And he's always like, where are those furry little animals? They're just going to get in trouble again. He's like, yeah, just you know that total disconnect, just to make sure the underline like, yep, yeah, they're they're heroes, but but I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but they don't. But he does obviously doesn't know that they're heroes. He doesn't know yeah. anything about the shirt tails other than what he hears on the news. So, right. Yeah, it's. And I think one of my favorite parts about him is like he goes, like they'll show him in his house and he's wearing like like a shirt and shorts or whatever. Sure. And then they're like, oh, Mr. Dinkle, we got to go somewhere. And so he's like, oh, okay. And he goes and throws on his park uniform. Right. Like anytime they leave, they leave the park, they go to like the hotel or they go somewhere else. He's, all, his, he's dress, uniform. his idea of dressing up is dressing up as a superintendent <laughs> of the park. <laughs> I don't know if he's in looking. the khakis and the, yeah, and the, the jacket. Yeah, and the yeah. hat. As, park if ranger hat. as if it brings clout or if he's just, maybe he just has two outfits. Yeah, it I could don't be. Know. <laughs> These are my outside clothes. <laughs> These are my inside clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. But, you know... You've got a little bit of information on about the voices. So who, yeah. who did the, the voice acting? Um, the so Digger Mole was um, Robert Allen Ogle, who was mostly known as a writer. He wrote a lot of the episodes. Um, he also wrote for the Archies, um, Pink Panther, Casper, and Richie Rich. So he didn't do a lot of voice acting, um, mostly known as a writer, but then did step in and do Digger the Mole on this one. Um Pammy Panda was Patricia Paris, which I thought was hilarious that Pammy Panda (laughs) was voiced by Patricia Paris. Um, She had some roles in the Smurfs, um, in Jabberjaw, of course, another Hanna-Barbera. She was Kanga and Christopher Robin's mother on Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. Um, She was in Mickey's Christmas Carol as Daisy Duck. Um, She was Belle in uh, Christmas Carol. Ricky Raccoon was Ronnie Shell, and the cool thing about him is he's most known as Duke Slater, who was Gomer Pyle's bunkmate on Gomer <laughs> Pyle United States Marine Corps, um, and mostly a bit actor on live-action television, so not a lot of cartoon credits, yeah. um, but did Flintstone Kids, Tom and Jerry, Smurfs, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, Snorks, but mostly as quote-unquote additional voices so never really a character but just kind of pitched in kind of a bit character in all of those um tig tiger was steve schatzberg um his catchphrase was toing you know he'd always say that when he got up to run somewhere yeah and then he'd leave his uh he'd leave leave his stripes stripes behind behind, yeah yeah, to make it look like he's he's running super fast but he brought they all moved at the same speed right yeah just he forgot his stripes yeah and and uh, and then he had like the that Bronx yeah. accent too, like kind of that tough guy. Tough guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm from the street guy, yeah. lifting weights all the time, pumping iron, which is ironic because his best known character late in his career is he was Piglet on Winnie the Pooh. Huh. So he's this tough tiger, <laughs> you know, I'm tough and I'm from the Bronx, and then he's little scared Piglet on <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Um, and he's the one, Tig Tigger became the de facto leader in season two, and I, for the life of me, I don't understand why. Yeah, I... It, <laughs> It didn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, there's more to that story. I'm guessing Rick just had the uh, he had the 
the connection with the commissioner, and since they were done with the commissioner, yep, yeah, they were done with him too. Like, yeah, you can you can go tell it walking, Rick. We don't need you anymore. Rick. Um, Bogey was uh, Fred Travelina. Um, talked like Humphrey Bogart and did a good job sounding like Humphrey Bogart. I thought mm-hmm. um, additional voice roles on the new Scooby Doo, Dragon's Lair, Smurfs. He was in Plastic Man um, and did a lot of bit parts on TV. And was really good at impressions, you know, the Humphrey Bogart thing. On Walker, Texas Ranger, he played <laughs> Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was hilarious. Because yeah. <laughs> the Ross Perot was a walking cartoon character. Yeah, that's, really. that's a random, random role. Just a random it. thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Dinkle, played by Herb Vigren. Um, he had an incredible radio career. Um, did hundreds of radio shows with Jack Benny. Bob Hope, Jimmy Durante. Um, he played Lurvy in Hanna-Barbera's production of Charlotte's Web. Um, a few other Hanna-Barbera ter- cartoons. Um, but he, mostly of his career was spent in radio, hmm. um, which was really cool. And then um, season two, when Kip Kangaroo came along, first of all, there was no explanation of why. There was no context why she was there. She's just there. Um, oh, I have thoughts on Kip. Yeah. <laughs> so, and... She was voiced by arguably one of the most successful voice actors of all time. Um, she has had the lead on the longest-running cartoon in TV history. You know her best as Bart Simpson on The Simpsons. She's also Chucky on Rugrats um, and Rufus on Kim Possible. But the Bart Simpson character, yeah. you know, is just iconic. And she's been that voice for like 30 years. It's yeah. like the longest-running television show let alone cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was on this, which is kind of funny because none of these other names were really big voice actors. Right. I was, I was surprised looking through the names. And I, and of course, Nancy Cartwright stands out. Stands like, out. Oh, you sure. see it. Like, oh, Bart Simpson. Is a, right. But, but yeah, nobody else really, at least some of the mains, there are even, even a lot of the supporting was really not. Yeah, there were guys from radio or bit actors on TV. Yeah, and you look at how successful, you know, this was a successful cartoon. I mean, it only yeah. ran two seasons, but it was it had a... It had a significant impact for a saturday morning cartoon it was it was successful and it was driven by kind of you know just your run-of-the-mill voice actors it was not they weren't pulling from the uh the heavy hitter list with two exceptions nancy cartwright Mm -hmm. who wasn't big yet yeah right and our friend frank welker makes an appearance as figby the bratty (laughs) cat (laughs) <laughs> in episode six season one and uh, other additional voices but uh, you know i always want to tie frank welker to these cartoons yeah. we talk about and there he was <laughs> just like oh my gosh <laughs> just he's everywhere yeah he's not hard to find no really the, the, not the man is just prolific with yeah. his uh, with his work and the other thing i found um the voice of the commissioner was william woodson um he was mostly known as like a narrator um in live action things um like he was the famous narrator on the tv show the invaders on abc in the late 60s a lot of background voices um i found out he was in one of my favorite disney films the rocketeer Hmm. he's the voice of the newsreel so when they're in the movie theater you remember the old newsreels from the 40s and the germans cannot be stopped the germans (laughs) advance continues you know that guy yeah that's him in that movie 
Um, and he did Super Friends, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, um, Duckman, Pandemonium, Garfield and Friends. But I just hear that newsreel voice in my head now when I hear the commissioner yeah. talk. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> just like <laughs> dig that. You know, because I had a short career in radio and I did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Too, and I always loved. I always wanted to be that '40s newsreel guy. You know, it's just great. You know, talking about horrible things going on in the world, but making it sound interesting and fun. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like it's an interesting cast because, with those two exceptions of Frank Welker and Nancy Cartwright, the rest of these people weren't really mm-hmm. known as cartoon voice actors. Right. You know, they had other acting experiences. Mm-hmm. But really didn't do much else in, yeah. in animation. Yeah, and it really didn't... It's not like they were just starting out and like like what Nancy Cartwright eventually would turn it into a, a lucrative career. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's like they they were roles waiting for them after this was over. It was yeah. kind of, I mean, here and there, but sure. there's nothing that they were really... Mm-mm. Yeah, they weren't long-standing Saturday morning, particularly um, yeah. voice, character, voice actors. Right. So Yeah, yeah so it was really cool because we mm-hmm. haven't seen that yeah. yet, really. I mean, the other cartoons we've talked about those voice actors did a lot of cartoons mm-hmm. and these guys really yeah. didn't and and that said though i thought they did a really they did a, a, a pretty good job mm-hmm. i don't think it was exceptional i mean I, I know we've come across better but this is this is good they i thought it worked really well for the, within the concept of the, the yeah the within this cartoon no i i agree yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean the cast for who they had worked. Mm-hmm. You know they they were cast well. It's just like they're like, nah, this really isn't my thing. Yeah, I'll do it, but I'm gonna do other stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and, and it's interesting because I mean there's there's a bit of a transition from season one to season two, um, where obviously Rick is suddenly just he's barely there, mm-hmm. and Tig's Tig's accent seemed to kind of get toned down a little bit. He wasn't. I mean, it was still. Still, kind of that New York Bronx accent, yeah, but, but it, was, as, it was not as prominent. It yeah, was, you know, they kind of definitely kind of. Yeah, see, I couldn't tell if that bit. if he really changed or I just got used to it and I just started not hearing it. Yeah. But if you heard that too, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, the the bogey character. As a kid, I remember it's like I was kind of indifferent to him. I didn't understand the Humphrey Bogart thing, and I, sure, I mean, as, since I've, I love Humphrey Bogart, yeah, and. As I watch this, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it, it gets fun. a little old it's, after a while. Yeah, it was like initially I'm like, oh, this could get old. Uh-huh. And then I just like, we'll just deal with it. And as we watch it, I'm like, all right, all right, I'm kind of used to it. And then, but then after you get to the, as it keeps going, especially once you get into season two, I'm like, no, it just doesn't you work know, anymore. The disconnect I had was, okay, he's an orangutan and he sounds like Humphrey Bogart. But he's just a mess. I mean, his hair is kind of all over the place and he's an ape. But Humphrey Bogart is smooth mm. and cool. and Yeah, it, it, yeah. other than the name. And clearly, they. I'm guessing that the, the idea to, to do that voice came first. Mm-hmm. And then they threw the name on it because, like, well, he's bogey. bogey yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, it, it doesn't... By looking at it, you would have no idea that that, that would be the, yeah. the voice coming so out. So I had a hard but, time with that. Just connecting that voice to that character yeah. seemed, it was hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I look at that ape and I'm like, he's not supposed to sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, every, other than that, I mean, I thought the the voices fit the characters well. I mean, actually, the Mr. Dinkle's voice worked really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he He's a bit of a schlub and I thought sure. the voice worked well with him. He's yeah. Just kind he of owned a, it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yep. I thought everything just, everything seemed to click on that and. Um, nothing, yeah, other than, you know, just the kind of 
wearisomeness of the the Bogart impression, and then you know Kip Kangaroo just in general, the character graded on me. Yeah, but, you said you had some thoughts on <laughs> Kip Kangaroo. Yeah, well, I mean, and the idea that they they brought this kangaroo in because they needed some younger and more energetic character. I mean, these are all young animals who run around all the place why do they need more energy why do they need right. to be younger they're already young right. I mean, they're already they're, little yeah. <laughs> but instead it's this high-pitched voiced kangaroo well the first yeah. introduction she's riding on bogey's toy train and she's too heavy for it and she takes it off the track <laughs> it's like that's how you introduce this character it's like she's messing around with bogey's stuff already. Uh, there's a winner yeah like oh this is gonna be annoying they gotta babysit her now well they have the one where she they meet well i think they introduced two different dragons in, in season two mm-hmm. and the first time they meet one she's like what are you and like a dragon what's that like come on <laughs> you're not really a dragon are you like it's a dragon yeah and then they, they meet the, the second time they meet a dragon, they're all like, oh, a dragon, as if they hadn't met, just met a, a dragon one. like the previous episode. <laughs> There's more than one? <laughs> no, the, the 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 Kip character to me just, again, uh-huh. no real other characteristics other than she's a female. All, yeah. the, all the males have very distinct personalities, right. but then she's just, need another girl. Yeah, so she's we're going to throw, throw her out there. And we maybe put her in a yellow shirt because we don't sell we don't sell anybody with a yellow shirt yet. Yeah. And you know Rick's probably the low seller, so let's just kind of shuffle him off to the side yep. and really push the push the kangaroo push the here. New kangaroo. Yeah. And it, it, she just felt like a merchandising opportunity more yeah. so than the other ones do. Yeah. Um, the other ones, I mean, it feels like a legitimate cartoon. It doesn't feel like they're selling anything. Mm-hmm. They add Kip, and it feels like all right, they're starting to add. Yeah, let's a la Transformers. You know, we need new robots. <laughs> we need new animals. <laughs> you know, they kind of did it without killing everyone else off, which yeah. was refreshing. But um, <laughs> but they did a, more of adding characters too. Like they were yeah. just one offs. Like there, suddenly there's oh, one episode where they have a beaver who becomes an honorary shirt tail. Yeah. Well, the beaver was brought in just because oh, we we need to build an ark. We need a beaver to help us build the ark, <laughs> right? For Dinkle's arc, um, that episode. And then in Moving Time, which is one of my favorite episodes, um, episode nine, they their friend in the park is a, a little girl in a wheelchair. And mm-hmm. she's sad because she's got to move yep. to somewhere west. And they're like, oh, we'll, sh- we'll show you what it's going to be like. No problem. They pause time. And they all get in the shirt tail supersonic transport and go out west. To meet some friends and show her what it's going to be like. And they run into these four new characters. It's Prairie Dog Pete, Fillmore (laughs) Coyote, Who's It Owl, and then Violet Skunk. Which, Violet Skunk's shirt was yellow. Mm. Why was Violet Skunk's shirt yellow and not Violet? Yeah, yeah, it's not like they had anybody else with a a purple shirt. But But that episode cracks me up because it's so stereotypical. West. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a Davy Crockett statue that they come out of, and the West cousin shirt tail people. Their shirt tail supersonic transport looks like a covered wagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same vehicle, but it's got the big hoop and fabric yeah. over the top, <laughs> and the big horns on the hood. <laughs> I just laughed, and I'm like, "This is hilarious." <laughs> but it's funny because they're they're stereotypical, you know, Western, Western animals, frontier people. But yeah. how many pandas and tigers do you see living in a park in New York City? Yeah, outside the zoo now, yeah. or orangutans at that. Right. Yeah, it's not like they're coming from a zoo. They're all just living in a city park. Yeah, 
but, but no, and they're that, not even, that's normal. Yeah, they're not even <laughs> all woodland animals. You know, if they were all woodland animals, mm-hmm. like if there was a squirrel and yeah. a bear and a fox and a rabbit, yeah. then I'd buy it. But you got a tiger hanging out with an orangutan, with a panda, with a kangaroo, <laughs> and, a, and a mole. Yeah. It just... What? Yeah. What kind of menagerie is this? <laughs> it's it's an odd conglomeration of animals, but so be it. I guess. Yep. I mean, it... well, they all got along and good for them. <laughs> <laughs> More power to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Cubby Bear shows up um, in the same episode, episode nine, but part two, mm-hmm. when Mister Dinkle is chased up a tree by a wild bear, and then. <laughs> Cubby Bear shows up and, you know, coaxes that bear away so Mr. Dinkle can come down because he knows bears. Yeah. Um, Just the description of that alone is that Mr. Dinkle gets trapped in a tree by a bear. Because bears can climb trees. And so. that's the conflict of the episode. <laughs> that's the whole conflict. <laughs> you know, I loved the format of this one with the short the two cases mm-hmm. per episode. Yes. Because if they had tried to drag those cases out to a full 20 plus minutes, mm-hmm. I, no way, I'm out. Yep. But they were 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm in. For this long, I'm in. You know? Yeah, and it worked, especially in season one, because they could take a they could take a an episode and kind of you know, put one character a little bit more in the spotlight. Right. So there's one where the where uh, Digger decides, well, he's not of any use and nobody likes him, so he's going to run away. He's yeah. gonna, just going to abandon him. And, of course, he comes back and gives him his chance to shine. But sure. they each kind of get those little segments. Right. And Kept it fresh, and it, though. And it works better in those those little 11-minute, mm-hmm. you know, 10-minute, 11-minute segments as opposed to trying to stretch it out over 30 minutes. And yeah. it's just like, oh. Because yeah, we've this. seen that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't work. No. Like the Brady kids, when they throw in the musical interludes, like, yeah. oh, we need to stretch out four more minutes. Let's play a song. <laughs> yeah, how much more can we milk out of the storyline? <laughs> right. Um, but, well, yeah, and then, of course, then they add, and almost every, you know, all, all these characters they keep adding, they, they become honorary short tales. So they're just like, yeah. they're expanding them without, you know, really expanding the team. And then there's a, a Tig's nephew shows up and mm-hmm. he just comes in. They're all just like, they've clearly met him before and he's just, you know, basically like the Tasmanian devil coming in and causing problems. And then he gets combined with Kip and then they both get in trouble because Kip can't help not getting into trouble too. Sure. Yeah. And then at the end, the, the little tiger learns his lessons that he needs to be more patient and like, all right, great. Now you're an honorary shirt tail. I'm like, really? That's all it takes. <laughs> Dang. screw up <laughs> and then say my bad <laughs> like oh good 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 uh, on you here's a shirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you could do shirt till time for no good reason <laughs> you're in <laughs> you're in you're never out <laughs> that's the part they don't show you <laughs> you're in you're never out <laughs> If you take off the shirt, you're out. <laughs> we can read your thoughts because we have that shirt on yeah, now. So we know what's going we, on. Yeah, yeah, we know what's what's happening with you. Yeah, if you're going to sing, we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> your shirt's going to say stoolie. <laughs> rat. <laughs> well, maybe a shirt that said rat would offend the mole. <laughs> Speaking of rats, yeah. my, one of the episodes that, that sticks out to me was the one where a rat mm-hmm. actually disguises himself. It's, it's actually the, the one I mentioned before where, where Digger quits yeah. and this, this rat shows up and decides he's going to pretend to be Digger yeah. and they buy it. <laughs> and he's, he's a rat. <laughs> he doesn't look like a mole. At all. He doesn't sound like him. But I mean, he's somehow, he's like kind of like 
moves his nose around and suddenly like, oh, yep, that's Digger. <laughs> hey, welcome back. <laughs> and it's like one of the rare times where you have an animal is is the bad guy. Most of the times, the uh, the person causing trouble is a human. Uh-huh. And, yep. and they're so, thwarting those planes. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, yeah. And they don't seem to be that nonplussed that they've just been defeated by these little young adolescent animals. <laughs> Darn it. They're like, ah, you sure tails. <laughs> Got us again. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Which kind of kept it. Uh, a little innocent. Like, I thought that this cartoon was more aimed at a really young crowd. Like mm-hmm. a preschool, early elementary crowd. I'm thinking like pre-fourth grade Absolutely. crowd. Absolutely. Um, so that, you know, I kind of discounted that to the fact that mm-hmm. we're working with little minds here. Yeah. And it has to be simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, and because of that, it works. It's very effective. Yeah. They did it well. Yeah. Yeah. They tell just like the short interesting stories they don't feel like that there's anything that's too off the wall or, right yeah least, well you and i are fathers we know the attention yeah. span of a second yeah. grader yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that long well and interestingly enough you know, I've, I've mentioned it before my youngest is is a first grader and mm-hmm. she and i sat down and watched her tales yeah and uh she was completely on board through, oh, she's, season, through uh, the first season. Yeah. We got into the second season and I think her first question was about with it was she sees Kip is like what was that? <laughs> she had the same question yeah. I did. <laughs> and and we talked about like oh that's just yeah, you know, yeah, it's Kip the kangaroo. She's like what's she doing? Like oh she's just a sassy little kangaroo and, right. and she just like the vibe, the fact that we called it sassy. Yeah. Just, so every time she would come on she'd go, oh she's sassy. That sassy kangaroo. And, but that was the extent of her enthusiasm for season for sure. season 2. Was just yeah, she I think she she was done after about the third episode. to say the word sassy. Yeah, after about the third episode she was kind of done with the second sure. season. She's like, yeah, this isn't the same anymore. It's, That's why there's not a season 3. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and, and it 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 has a definite feel. I mean, I don't think and I get, you know, changing some things up here and now, you know, you add a character, you add a character, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but give it some context. Yeah, and when it's to the detriment of the show overall, I mean, when you have an established character like Rick and you just kind of shuffle him off to the right. side. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's up listening to his music, apparently. And sure. Yeah, he doesn't care anymore. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, when you have a, a kids who have watched that first season and then they come back and they're like, you know, they're invested in that character and now he's he's not there. Yeah. Like, here's, here's this annoying little thing to, sure. to, to take your attention <laughs> Deal with instead. That. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, the, just, and the format really, I thought, was... It worked. I thought it worked really well that there were these heroes of the city. They worked, you know, the commissioner would reach out with trouble and they would go and solve the problems. I thought that worked really well. Yeah. And it's it just felt different. They're just kind of flying around. Suddenly they're in India, yeah, and, or wherever they're. And, and like, now they got part internal of the issues because they got to deal with Kip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they just they, they just stumble across things, and then it's yeah, eh, it's just not the no, it's not the same. It doesn't work as well, and right? It's, yeah. Um, what was the one first? The first episode where Bogey um, meets this uh, starlet. Hollywood actress who's also an orangutan. And, oh yeah, which one and he was ends that? up just like following her around, like Bogey goes, goes ape. Yeah, so he yeah that was season two episode one. Yeah, so the, yep. he he like follows her onto a cruise ship, and so they all go on the cruise cruise ship to 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 bring him back, and yeah, obviously hijinks sure. ensue, and then suddenly he decides, oh, well, I'm just I'm just gonna stay with her. You know, yeah. forget you guys. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going just, with the broad. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's my. Or how would Humphrey Bogart yeah. say? I'm going with the doll. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's my meal ticket, and then right. turns around like, oh no, she already has a like this giant gorilla that she's with. <laughs> and he's like, well, I guess I'll go home now. Yeah. Like, all, right. <laughs> all right, all right, sweetheart. See you yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> he just like, all right, well, I'll just go okay. back and be a I guess that again. didn't work. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, eh, all right, whatever. So it's... some of my favorite episodes, um, and I have particular reason, one particular reason in each episode why I, I liked this one. Um, episode six, Figby, the spoiled brat cat, because it's <laughs> Frank Welker is the cat. Yeah. And it's hilarious <laughs> because everyone thinks this cat is innocent and it's a white cat with a pink bow, but the cat's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Complete jerk. And it's like makes the makes the shirt tails chase him to Funland Amusement Park, mm-hmm. which I think is the name of the amusement park in every Hanna-Barbera cartoon I've ever seen. <laughs> it's Funland Amusement Park. And that cracked me up. <laughs> Hanna-Barbera continuity. Exactly, yeah. It was just kind of an Easter egg that I saw. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's Funland and uh, Scooby-Doo yeah. with uh, Charlie the Robot. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I loved that. I loved the fact that Frank Welker was the cat and, and he was a total jerk. Um he was tricking the shirt tails into, oh, come swing with me. Well, the swing was above the dunk tank, and he, the cat runs away and then dunks Pammy Panda in the dunk tank. <laughs> um, and then Raiders of the Lost Shark. I was excited about that because I'm a huge fan of the Raiders of the Lost Ark series. Yeah, I love the, I love the title of that one. Yeah, and it was this submarine that was shaped like a shark, and they were siphoning oil off the mm-hmm. oil tankers. And what cracked me up about this one is the bad guy is looking through the periscope and he's got a patch on one eye <laughs> and he puts his patched eye up to the periscope. <laughs> so I look, I'm like, what? Wait, rewind. Yeah, he's using his patched eye to look through the periscope. <laughs> they wonder why it's always all clear with him. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing going on up there. It's, it's still night. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know if that was done on purpose or it was just your, oh, just forget it. We're not going to, no one's going to notice. It's just in a perpetual eclipse up there. It's always yeah. dark. <laughs> it's just so weird. And, you know, every bad guy on a ship has to have a patched eye, you know. <laughs> it's just I right. always would you know that they're bad. Exactly. Right. Um, and then um, moving time. You know, I talked about the depiction of the West with mm-hmm. the covered wagon, um, supersonic transport, and the Davy Crockett statue, <laughs> and the the crusted buttes and things and it just cracked me up um and then episode 10 save the park pandora's box pandora's box seemed to me like a not so subtle nod to a christmas carol um you know they learned the local developer ebenezer grunge intends to destroy the park and build a skyscraper. Oh, yeah, that's, that's to save the park, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ebenezer. Yeah. Um, they, so they show him the past, present, future to get him to change his mind. Yeah. Um, and the notes that I that I read said, loosely based on A Christmas Carol. I'm like, come on. Was that the one where he just wanted to change, he just wanted to get rid of the park because they wouldn't, kids wouldn't let him play baseball when he was a kid? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. this hurt child, man-child, and... He's like, I want to just. I want that park needs to go. So they, they make him go go swing a bat, and he hits a home run, and he changes. His he changes mind. his mind. <laughs> it's kind of like Field of Dreams, where they find that kid. I just want one at bat. That's all I wanted. So they give him his at bat, which turns out to be a sacrifice fly. It doesn't count as an at bat, anyways. That's another issue. But um, yeah, so like, oh, we figured, we'll just let him hit the ball. <laughs> then he'll be a happy person. Yeah, they just they just missed out like a. 
They need a good, like, a natural reference, like, where he looks at it, like, pick me out a winner, digger. Yeah. Give me, <laughs> give me a good bat. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> or you see the ball going you through the lights at the end, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in the, the second half of that, that Pandora's box is the, that's the most, I think, uh, kind of the crazier ones, where it's where this new panda arrives at the zoo. The robot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, so there's... Pam decides that she has to go say hi to, and visit this. Sure. There's oh, another panda. Yeah, there's a panda. So I have to go and say hi. And they're like, no, that's not a good idea. Just stay here. They all go to Dinkle's house and they like break into his house and they want to watch movies. Mm-hmm. And so while they're doing that, she's like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the I'm zoo. Out. Yeah. And then realize that this panda is actually a super spy right. role with extendable arms. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he's like, yep. he's a robotic Panda. He just stole top secret documents. Yeah. And he's chilling at the zoo, <laughs> <laughs> and he, I mean, and he, she discovers it. She gets wise to his plan, so he's like, "Oh, well, you're staying here with me," and and uh, then they have to come and rescue her. Yeah, but the whole thing is just like, yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's part of the problem when you have a, a, a character that doesn't have any real traits. Yeah, she's just a girl. Girl, <laughs> so she becomes a damsel in distress. Right. And then yep. all the other all the boys have to come and save her. And like, mm-hmm. oh, come on. Yeah. This She's is... like the early Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly being captured or kidnapped. Just the furry one. Trapped. Furry version of Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but overall, I thought season one was actually, was good. I mean, I, I thought it was really entertaining and uh-huh. especially yeah. for their audience. I thought they were, they hit it right on the head. Yeah, I... I didn't know what to think going into this because I didn't have any frame of reference because I don't remember this mm-hmm. at all. And once I saw, you know what I recognized is in the credits, Digger the Mole standing there with his hand up like he's waving at them. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I think I kind of remembered that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I loved the shirt tail supersonic transport as a vehicle, yeah. just because it could be an airplane, could be a car, could be a submarine. Um, it's almost as good. You know, if I had to rank cartoon vehicles, I'd put it in my top five. Oh, yeah. It was... yeah it's, it's a cool car. <laughs> it does every. It's better than the invisible motorcycle in Help. It's the Hair oh, Bear yeah. Bunch. Yeah, definitely. Um it's kind of reminded me a little bit of Speed Buggy, the shape of it, mm-hmm. but it can do so many more cool things. Yeah. It never went supersonic, which is what I was waiting for, <laughs> you know, because if you're going to call it the supersonic transport, <laughs> it should probably go at least Mach 1. <laughs> well, you, you don't really know how fast they're going. That's true. They probably are. Yeah. I mean, they got a monkey flying it. <laughs> well, but that brings up a good point. Again, the first the first season, Rick is the only one who flies it. Yeah. And Ricky Rick is just he's out of, he's out of anything to give at this in the second season. He's like, yeah, whatever. You guys do whatever you, guys, you want. Commissioner's not calling me. I don't care. <laughs> go take the go take the transporter on. Yeah. I see go what ahead. I care. Yeah. So they're all flying it. So sure. you get to the, the second season. It's all, it's fair game to anybody. Yeah, but and yeah. just everyone jumps yeah, in. Yeah, but it's like the first season. He's like, you don't touch my you don't touch my wheels, man. No, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody drives. So yeah. It's mine. Yeah, it's kind of funny they don't just see him show, show him polishing it the whole time. I think he's just like waiting to drive it. Again. Wouldn't it be fun to do like a behind the music type documentary on, on Rick Raccoon? <laughs> like what happened to Rick Raccoon? <laughs> did he get into trouble with drugs? <laughs> you know, did he become a bank robber? You know, it's like what happened? Did he get rabies? <laughs> maybe he was. Uh, maybe he started uh, touring with his favorite band, the Patriots. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was that whole episode yeah. in season one where the the, the the box office for the Patriots concert gets stolen. <laughs> And they show him the, the whole ep- the episode starts. Him, he's in the tree wearing a patriot like that tricornered hat, sure. with the headphones just snapping Jamming. along. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he became a roadie for that. <laughs> he just decided to go. He, he basically became a patriot head. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what would they call them? Free freedom fighters, maybe. Free, yeah, yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Is that like a deadhead? Rebels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> revolutionaries. <laughs> rabble. He'd be a rabble raccoon then. <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah he's clearly just decided to become a person on non grata. Like, whatever yeah. you guys, you guys, yeah. I'm so done with this. <laughs> maybe it's because he was the front man. Done, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need the I don't need the hassle. <laughs> You guys all got things that you want to find. Do what you want. I don't care anymore. I I made mine. I was the front man for the whole season one. Someone else do that. I've I've slapped enough shirt tail stickers on people's foreheads. Yes. I'm good. That makes me wonder, did the shirt tail stickers come with the cards? Because you know how Hallmark has that little sticker you can seal the envelope with? Oh, sure. I wonder if they had the shirt tail sticker that would yeah. come with those cards. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine they wouldn't. I would think so. Yeah. We have to find those. See yeah. if there's any we'll out get, there. We have to do a little research yeah. on that. But, but yeah, and you notice that at various points they have like an actual like shirt tail sticking out of their shirts, like the yeah. little tags. Yeah. But it's so that's the one thing that's really inconsistent. Like they'll see them and then suddenly they're gone for like episodes at a time then they'll like show up very briefly and they're gone right, again and gone again yeah. but yeah but yeah we didn't mention the hallmark with every every case that they solved they took a shirt tail you know this little shirt shaped sticker with an st on it and just like slapped it on on the either if it was a bad guy they, yeah they'd slap on the bad guy or if it's somebody they helped they just slapped it on them too right <laughs> they branded them yeah you've yeah. <laughs> shirt tail yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love it. I forgot about that. You know, I don't remember seeing or watching them. Was there any explanation of why these words were showing up on their shirts? Or it just happened? It just happens. There's no context to it at all. No, right? it's just, no. And it's... You're supposed to know going in. That's why they're called the shirt tails, because these little tails show up on their shirts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think I missed it. They, they seemed... Early on, they seemed to have a little bit more more words running across it so it'd be yeah. like almost like a like a mini sentence and I'm like well that's a lot to cram in it and it would yeah. just be brief and then it's gone again right like what did like, say yeah i mean some you know first mm-hmm. grader or second grader is like i can't read that fast <laughs> <laughs> what is Come on. what is that i'm still yeah, in picture books yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think they, they seem like they figured it out later but but you know later second first season and definitely second season it's just one two word things just really quick yeah and then, um, so really easy to see what's happening as opposed to... Right. Gets to be almost just their emotions. Yeah, and there's yeah. times where it's just like an exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So, yeah, what about uh, good, bad, and ugly? Uh, for me, for the good, um, particularly season one, I thought the stories overall, they just worked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, nothing that's... Bigfoot shows up, but it doesn't feel like it's like, what is this? It's yeah. just like, it kind of... With the way that they set up the show, it just kind of feels like, yeah, all right, yeah. I, I, I can, I can buy this, right? Because there's no real peril there, right? It's, and it's yeah. just, it's just kind of harmless, solid entertainment. The animation mm-hmm. worked really well for me. I mm-hmm. thought it looked really good. 
the we kind of went over the the voice cast. The voice cast was it was fine. Yeah, yeah. I, there's nothing that was really just kind of you know, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and Bogey was kind of borderline. I was like, mm-hmm. kind of, I was over it, but it didn't make me not watch the show yeah. anymore. I was just kind of like, all right, I'm just gonna. You know, if Bogey was a penguin and a like kind of a tuxedo looking penguin, I would have bought it, <laughs> but not an orangutan. But even even if he just brought that out on occasion, yeah, like he had his regular voice, and then he'd bring out like the the Bogey impression. Yeah. Like Bobby Brady. Yeah. <laughs> what does he say? Something in pork, pork chops oh, and that's Peter Brady. That's Peter, Peter Brady. Brady. Yeah, the pork chops and applesauce. Apple yeah. No, not that annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I but overall no, I thought it was Yeah. It, you know, it was it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was a good entertaining kids kids sure. cartoon. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, for the good for me, I I like the format of the shorter stories. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think if they had tried to drag it out, it wouldn't have been as good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the, um, Mr. Dinkley character because, or Mr. Dinkle, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the Mr. Dinkle character because he was kind of the antagonist, but not really. He wasn't threatening at right. all. He would get upset sometimes, but generally i think he really liked these little animals in his Mm -hmm. park and um he stood up for them when you know the cat um the cat gets picked up by the commissioner and he's like i knew that cat was a jerk (laughs) (laughs) but he had to play he had to be on the commissioner's side while he's in the presence of the commissioner Mm -hmm. because that's his boss but as soon as the commissioner leaves he's like yeah i knew that cat was trouble Um, so, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the format. I enjoyed the, the stories I thought were good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I could tell that there were some influences from other cartoons, but that's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it wasn't a complete ripoff. Right. Which, which I'm like, okay, that's, I'm good with this. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, for the bad. And actually, before you, I'll, I'll yeah. get to do the bad, but I, I just want to add one more thing that I liked about the Mr. Jinkle character is that he generally cared about these animals. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he, he was, yeah. he was looking out for yeah, them. I mean, there'd be times where they'd show him by himself. He's like, well, I hope they're, it'd be raining. I hope they're all right out there and by themselves in that rain. Yeah. I mean, they're in their trees. Sure. And their, but where, as opposed to uh, some of the other, like the, the Hairbird Bunch of Mr. Peebly. Yeah. I mean, it's just a foil. Sure. And it's yeah. just like, they have like this kind of like butting head relationship and it's more of a respect. This mm-hmm. is like, he generally it's cares. More of a partnership. And they yeah. generally care for him. And uh-huh. it's kind of, it's a, it's a nice. Yeah. They're nice not trying to pull anything over on him, but yeah. they still need to do, to do what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And they're just trying to keep him out of it. Yeah. And you know, they're kind of yeah, trying they're to looking shield out for him, him and he's looking out for them, yeah. which is, which is a nice. Yeah. Which was a cool to. thing to, to yeah. see. It was a good message overall of. You know, let's can't we all just get along? Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're you're bad. Yeah. So my bad. Um, where did I put my note here? I thought um, the new character with no context that sucked. Mm-hmm. I cut that Kip Kangaroo. I'm like, come on. Yeah. But maybe that's gave Nancy Cartwright a boost to become Bart Simpson, who I really like. <laughs> so you know, there's that. But. Um, they never explained the shirts, really. You were just supposed to kind of pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the animation was good, except for I felt sometimes the the static backgrounds were different color. It was a different color scheme. They mm-hmm. were a little muted compared to the characters. Um, you could kind of tell that it was a cell overlay yeah. in, in a lot of them. I know I get hypercritical about the animation. I can't draw a picture of a dog, but... 
I just saw that a couple times. Like, okay. We're men in our 40s talking about cartoons <laughs> from 40, 50 years ago. We yeah. can, I mean, that's the whole point of this is just be overly critical. <laughs> right. Stupid about it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't care for that as much. I mean, so I'm really reaching for bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are the two things, you know, the character with no context added um, and just a few things in the animation that I didn't like. Um but yeah, I mean, overall, more good than bad. Yeah, here absolutely. for sure. Yeah, for my bad, I mean, you touched on Kip. I mean, Kip, the, that character just, it didn't work for me in any facet of it. The introduction, she's just there. She felt unnecessary and she horned in. And yeah. um, I, I didn't need her. And I thought, for the most part, the changes they made in season two were detrimental. I don't think they improved the show right. or enhanced it or, or made it kind of, it didn't go in a different direction. It just, it's like they made changes for the sake of making changes, and yeah. none of them were actually for the betterment Didn't of the work. show. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. And then it still bothers me that there's this shirt tail time <laughs> that you expect something to happen, and all it is is they just basically now they just wear the same colored shirt. Yep, and they just glow. <laughs> yeah, and then they move on. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, if if it gave them a little power or a boost or sure. something, it doesn't do that. No, and it's just yeah. So yeah, really. That that part of it, the, the just the, the second, the, the the last ten episodes yeah. just felt they felt different. And for what I liked about the first season, it, it kind of took a little hit as yeah. a result of that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, um, the the glowing thing reminded me of the little mushroom outside the tree that would glow when the commissioner was oh, yeah. calling. But they were inside the tree, yeah. and the mushroom was outside the tree. Well, if they're outside the tree, oh, that the was mushroom their would glow. But if they're inside them, because they had that massive computer they, they that took up like basically a wall. Yeah, and yeah. With, oh, so the, the mushroom was, was yeah. for them just outside. Yeah, so it was oh, more okay. like the the external uh, yeah external the warning. external alarm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and not, not, that didn't come into play at all in the second no. season. So it yeah. was just kind of odd, but, weird. Yeah. Well, did, did you see any ugly? Because I did. Oh, tell, please tell me, because I didn't really, I didn't notice anything, so. So I really sifted through to find it, because <laughs> okay. it really, I mean, really, yeah. it, it was it was well done, mm-hmm. pretty harmless. Yeah. There weren't any cultural issues or stereotyped right. characters. All the villains were generally about the same, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were up to no good. Yeah. They weren't trying to hurt anybody. It wasn't really a violent cartoon mm-hmm. at all, and really not any heavy yeah. peril. There was a, I did I don't know if and I I didn't mark it down I don't remember what episode I don't know if you noticed that there was another Gargamel lookalike in season two one of the bad guys he looked, like, he, he looked like another poor man's Gargamel oh really of course Gargamel's a poor man sure <laughs> but like, he, like he's he, the discount he, version the same like the the big the hook big nose, nose and like the bald black the bald you know, the yeah yeah I remember that with the black hair on I mean yep. it was it was Gargamel just in a slightly different outfit yeah. At least he wasn't a wizard. Yeah. Because then we'd be wearing like, a hat. And he wasn't trying to catch them and eat them either. So Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so in the Orient Express episode, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but I was excited about it because I love murder on the Orient Express. I think it's great. Um, but I think that's, that's in season two. The Mayhem on the Orient Express. May, yeah, they call it Mayhem on the Orient Express. Yeah. The dude who steals the trains has a Hitler mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this is the 
you know, this is well after World War II, and you yeah. know anybody wearing that mustache, that's a Hitler mustache. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you just don't do that. <laughs> and this guy had the the clear black little Hitler mustache. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Well, he's the bad guy, though, so he's just really underlining it. Because, yeah. you know, first and second graders really know who Hitler is in right. the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what that was about, but that, yeah. I mean, if I had to find something ugly, yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, yeah. If, if that's what we found, then we we're doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah clearly. I, I, I didn't see anything that jumped out at me like, Oof, you know, yeah, like, get that. Oh, like, there was nothing that, cringe. You get that, yeah, that visceral reaction. It's like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. you can't do that. But no, no, I, no, we were, we were good on this one. I, I yeah, there was, was nothing, nothing that made me cringe. But I just saw that. I'm like, oh, come on, yeah, that doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Like, come on, people. <laughs> Animals. You know, you could do the Dudley Do Right mustache, yeah. maybe, or the you know the long, skinny pencil mustache. But no, they slapped the Hitler thing on. Them. <laughs> yeah, like, right, oh, he's bad guy. <laughs> That's a choice. Yeah, <laughs> he chose to have that mustache. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I liked it. I, yeah, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, for so, sure. So, what's your rating on a scale of? Well, zero to ten, knowing zero. that we've hit zero. I have, yeah, we have hit zero. The bar went all the way down. Um, I liked it more than I thought it was going to. And once I realized that it was probably aimed at a young audience, you know, this was preschool, first, second, third, maybe mm-hmm. even by fourth grade, they're probably watching something else. So for that age group, and they weren't overtly trying to sell things, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give it a seven because I, I just thought it was well done. I don't think it was the best cartoon I've ever seen because the fiasco of season two kind of soured mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was looking at about six and a half. Okay. Um, I, re- I, I liked it. It's good. It, that, that second season really does kind of knock it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, I mean, I liked overall. I thought the animation was good. The voice acting was fine. Yeah. It wasn't great. It was fine. Um. I don't think it's vastly rewatch. I'm not going to sit and rewatch this thing over and over and over. Right. But yeah, you know, I have no problem going back here and there, like picking an episode and watching again. I think yeah. that that's all right. Um, so yeah, it's it's not not great, but it's definitely it's definitely a, a good solid cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially for the age that they're looking for, I thought it, it worked well. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what do okay. we want to do uh, next time? We've we've got the. Our shirt tails behind us, and yeah. we, we move on to what? We're gonna do the Archies. Nice. Next, so I haven't seen that in a long time, <laughs> so that'll be mostly all new to me again. <laughs> well, we did watch a bunch of that animation already that was recycled for the British. So it won't all be new. It won't. <laughs> right. Hopefully, it's better. Please make it be better. It can't. It cannot be worse. No, so it can't. Least, so yeah, because so if spoiler alert, if you haven't heard our Brady episode yet, I gave it a zero point zero. <laughs> so there is a there is a low bar to this very low bar to clear. Yeah, the, a zero point one would be an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> if there's that one moment where we don't cringe, it's good. Yeah, we're there. We fit what we needed. So well, I hear mom. I think it's time for uh, for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.